This episode is brought to you by Thorn, the industry leader in nutritional solutions. Now, Thorn is actually trusted by eight U.S. national teams and championship teams in the NFL, NBA, and Major League, as well as recently becoming the official sports performance nutrition partner of the UFC. So when it comes to supplements... The tactical athlete space and the athletic space need two things. We need efficacy, meaning the products do what they say they're going to do on the label. And then we need to trust the fact that we are not going to fail either athletic drug tests or work-related drug tests. Now, Thorne has actually been around since the 1980s, where they were used by physicians and hospitals for nutritional supplements for the patients. They were so successful that athletic teams and even special operations teams reached out to them and they started supplying them as well. Very recently, they actually opened their doors to the general public. Now, what sets Thorne apart is they manufacture their own products in a state-of-the-art NSF-certified facility in South Carolina. They use only the purest possible ingredients formulated with no stearates or arbitrary fillers in the cleanest manufacturing process. Most of you listening come from a profession where it can take its toll physically and mentally, and many of us are not able to bolster our nutrition purely with the food that we eat. And that's where supplementation comes in. So if you're ready to maximize your health and performance, visit thorn.com, T-H-O-R-N-E.com. Take a short product quiz to be paired up with the perfect health and fitness supplements. And for you, the audience, if you use the code BTS10, behind the shield 10, BTS10, you will get 10% off your first order. And if you want to learn even more about Thorn, go to episode 323 of Behind the Shield podcast and you will hear my interview with Wes Barnett and Joel Totoro from Thorn. This episode is sponsored by 511 Tactical, a company that I've used for around 14 years now and continue to use to this day. And they are offering you, the audience, a 15% discount, not on one purchase, but continuously. And I'll give you that code in just a moment. But I want to do a product showcase on their new Atlas sneakers and boots. So I'm a big believer in the fact that footwear can either improve our health or break down our health. And the Atlas sneaker actually has a new foam system that disperses the body weight, whether just the body weight, whether it's a a vest and a gun, whether it's EMS bags being carried. And on top of that, they're lightweight, despite having the same protection that's required in the tactical space. So I have a pair of Atlas sneakers myself, and I can attest they're extremely comfortable. On top of footwear, of course, 5.11 offers a gamut of uniforms and equipment, whether it's plate carriers, backpacks, flashlights, you name it, they have it. All you have to do is go to 5.11tactical.com and use the code SHIELD15. That's S-H-I-E-L-D-1-5 at 5.11tactical.com, and you will save every time you purchase. And to learn more about the company 5.11 Tactical, you can listen to episode 338 of the Behind the Shield podcast with the CEO, Francisco Morales. Welcome to episode 413 of Behind the Shield podcast. As always, my name is James Gearing, and this week it is my absolute pleasure to welcome back on the show, Jeff Byers. Now, Jeff is a retired NFL player and is the CEO of Amp Human. So we discuss a host of topics from the impact of isolation on sunlight exposure, the importance of vitamin D in resilience to COVID-19, and so many other areas. Before we get to that conversation, as I say every single week, please just take a moment, go to whichever app you listen to this on, subscribe to the show, 
leave feedback, and leave a rating. Every five-star rating elevates this podcast, making it easier for others to find. And this is a free library for you, the audience. So all I ask in return is that you share these incredible men and women's stories so I can get them to everyone else who needs to hear them. So with that being said, I welcome back Jeff Byers. Enjoy. Jeff, I want to start by saying welcome back to the Behind the Shield podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. So the opening question uh, usually is where we're finding you, but obviously we covered that last time. You were in Salt Lake City. So my opening question this time is, since we spoke, which I think was uh, kind of middle of last year, what have you experienced personally during this pandemic? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, the pandemic... I hasn't been kind to very many people uh, by any stretch of imagination. Um, but the pandemic, just in, in all, right, it's really, in my opinion, it's been really hard to get into like a, a, a study groove. Everything feels like Groundhog's Day over and over again. And you kind of just always, you know, kind of dancing around, dancing around coronavirus. And, you know, hey, how am I, you know, how am I being smart? How am I respecting other people and, and, and all of that? So, um, right. Definitely been a, a change of scenery. It's been, I mean, you know, glass half full. Uh, I normally travel, you know, four four times a month or so, or I, or I was pre COVID. Um, and now I, you know, I haven't traveled since COVID. So I've got a lot of, spent a lot of time with my family, et cetera, which has been uh, a big blessing in disguise, um, in, in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah, I mean, and then from a from a business perspective, it's definitely been interesting. You know, we're a young company, and and I feel really lucky to to be in the situation we are as a business, have a lot of opportunity, but also be in a position where we can continue to employ people and 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 grow. Um, a lot of people aren't in the same situation that we are in as a company, and and I do not take that for granted. Um, and it has nothing to do with with the business. It's you know, it's we're we're just in a, we're, we're lucky we're in a category that we're in. And, and I kind of say like third of the people I talk to just are getting hammered. A third of the people are kind of status quo, you know, fighting to, fighting to just stay where they are. And then uh, another third of the people are just absolutely going gangbusters. We're kind of in that middle third of where we're, where we're growing, we're growing a lot slower than, than we had anticipated, but um, we have a ton of opportunity on the, on the horizon but we're not struggling. We're, you know, we've been able to keep our employees and actually hire a few extra people as well, which is, which is really a, a blessing in, in crazy times like this because not everybody's as fortunate as we are. Yeah. Well, hopefully Miguel will be part of your team soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I'll be able to get him on the show. Um, so with, with Utah specifically, that's a state we don't hear a lot of. I'm in Florida, you know, inside Florida, I think we've been very lucky. We haven't had like an incredible you know surge in covid deaths which is you know nothing but good of course which is unusual because we do have an elderly population here but then i hear how florida is reported from outside florida and it's a completely different story so there's a lot of kind of um mythology uh through the the media's eyes on how the state that i see with my own eyes is actually doing 
What about Utah? Because we don't really hear about you very much. How have you been this last year? Yeah, well, Utah, first off, right, we're a pretty small state, isolated, and almost, you know, very little population centers uh, outside of Salt Lake City. And Salt Lake City, for that matter, isn't that big of a city either. Um, but we're a really, really healthy population in, in the grand scheme of things, just um, that we we haven't fully locked down at all. We definitely have we have cases and high transmission rates and things like that, but they've done a pretty good job here, both the state and local government of um, being responsible, but also right balance, the balancing act that, that is um, COVID and how do you think, you know, how do we mandate masks and things like that? And, um, but also still keep businesses open and, 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 and such. So, I mean, we're based up in, in park city, which is definitely a bubble um, and a resort town for that. And, They've done a great job. We've had, you know, we've had mandatory masks since essentially day one, but schools have stayed open, um, you know, this whole year, which is, which is fantastic. And the resorts are, they're up and going. And, um, yeah, so, you know, it's, we, we've been pretty lucky, um, in that sense and, and hope to stay, stay lucky and, but also just stay smart and have good policy and, and such. Beautiful. I'm hoping I'm going to get to experience the resorts myself because we uh, we were hoping to be in the UK this this winter and that didn't pan out obviously with all the borders closing. So uh, we're going to come spend some time in the fresh air and sunshine on a, a Utah mountain instead. Yeah, you definitely should. Brilliant. All right. Well, then what about through the NFL lens? So obviously you're a retired uh, player yourself. How has that been when you hear some of your uh, you know, your friends from that arena as far as professional sports this year? Yeah, professional sports, you know, this is a year that I'm real glad I didn't play pro sports because it's just been such a, I mean, it's, uh, on top of everything, right? You have more and it's, and it's a really incredibly sensitive subject. And you just think about, you know, how do you play a close combat sport and work out when you have to, you know, social distance and all these things and, and also the risk is so high and, you know, some, some teammates have, you know, vulnerable kids and I don't know, I, it just, um, all the extra procedures and such. And then, you know, getting tested daily, getting, you know, nasal swabbed and, um, traveling. And uh, I just, I'm very glad I didn't play. Uh, the take from players is it's been, you know, some of my friends is just, right. It's much more of a hassle and, and, you know, an inconvenience within, within the locker room, but they're, they're ultimately, you know, obviously excited that they were able to pull off a season in the NFL and, and a really successful season that with only a couple glitches in there. Um, so, you know, kudos to the league for doing a really good job and, and the players and the players union for, for really making it happen. Uh, you know, but just, you know, from, from my business's perspective, because we sell into so many NFL teams and, and NHL teams for that matter, it's been, uh, you know, most of the people that are, you know, on the high performance staff are now the COVID task force. Um, and so those folks that are, you know, do, doing their normal job, you know, which is taking care of players and athletes and are now also, you know, nasal swabbing 200 people a day and handing out masks and sanitizer and gloves. And it's, you know, for that group of people that we deal with from a business perspective on a daily basis, they're, you know, their workloads double, tripled, and they're, you know, they already, you know, were the first ones in the building, last ones out. So it's been, um, been really humbling to hear some of their stories and, 
how how much those people in the HP athletic training um, world have had to had to work and adapt in this phase and just their lack of bandwidth now. Yeah. Well, you mentioned as well about Utah having a, a healthy population. I think that's the part of the conversation that, you know, me personally, through my lens, that, that I feel hasn't been handled well at all. In fact, I think, you know, the health of the nation has been, that conversation has been suppressed, like it's heresy, and you just have to focus on the virus. So what is it about the, you know, the social dynamic in Utah that creates a healthier population in that state? That's a good question. I think, uh, I think it's just the access to the outdoors and, and people who live here. I mean, we are an isolated state from that matter. You know, when you think about, you know, the closest big cities are, you know, Las Vegas and Colorado and, and Denver, and that's, you know, seven, eight hours away, um, you know, in the car. Like we're, we're smack in the middle of nowhere. And so, you know, I think lifestyle is a big thing here where people are extremely active. We obviously have accessibility. The mountains are very, very easy. And, um, yeah. So, and, and there's just so much, uh, so much industry that's based here that's centered around the outdoor industry around, you know, healthy living, wellness, et cetera, that, that, that just, I think kind of breeds that. So, I mean, uh, just, just like Colorado is a really healthy population for the same reasons, right? You know, people have chosen to move there because they love the outdoors. They love the mountains. And, and, um, if you love the outdoors and you love the mountains, you typically are really focused on, you know, you know, what's your lifestyle and, and how are you living and, and such. Yeah. Well, and that's something I've observed with, um, you know, with my travels, obviously coming from the UK originally and then, um, spending a lot of time here, you know, when I was in, uh, in California, when you're in the beach towns of California, you know, and even the beach towns of Florida as well, like you see overall healthier people because their mountains are the ocean. So they're again out in the sunshine, out in the fresh air, but they're paddle boarding, swimming, surfing. And I think that's, that's another, you know, conversation that needs to be had. Like if you create an environment that promotes healthier eating, you create an environment that promotes more natural organic exercise, you end up with a healthier population. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, being in this human performance, human optimization space as a business, uh, I, you know, there's definitely a trend and um, upswing to how are we taking care of ourselves? And even if that conversation is not happening you know, at, at the policy level or within, you know, government, I do believe that people, right, like this is, uh, this moment will define, define a generation or two of people around, right? How are we thinking about our bodies? How are we taking care of our bodies to eliminate the possibility of, of things like this happening? Like we're obviously playing catch up now and, and, you know, fighting a, you know, a, a global pandemic. Um, but, you know, we're going to be, as humans going to be thinking about how do we avoid something like this and how do I make sure that I'm, you know, most best positioned, um, to, for the next one, if there is a next one. And so I do think the, the wellness optimization, um, it's growing. The base of it is growing and more people are interested in how do I take care of myself? What are the easy things that I can do to really be healthy? So, 
Yeah. Well, and I think there's a lot, and you probably had the same. Maybe not so much because you were at that high level. You were surrounded by probably some of the greatest minds. Um, but I think the general population, a lot of us have a lot of unlearning to do as well, because many of the things that we were taught when we were younger, you know, whether it was, you know, carb up before game day with a bowl of pasta or, you know, the, the, the weight machines were the best way to be, you know, a high functioning football player, firefighter, police officer. You know, a lot of, a lot of those we look back now and there was no, no malicious element behind them, but they were just wrong purely, I think partly because they were driven by, um, a capitalist element, you know, selling a diet plan, selling a, a, a machine system. Um, but ultimately it created less, you know, poorer health in a lot of, uh, men and women. And I think, so we have to kind of reverse engineer and go back to the root of wellness again. A hundred percent. I think you're, you're exactly right. And it's, you know, what drives, what drives wellness and what, I mean, there are some really big, expensive, complicated things to do, but there's also a lot of really easy things. Um, and I, and you know, it's just the focus on that, but it's all, it also doesn't happen when you're, you know, it, it happens how we're, raising our kids and you know what type of activities people are doing and how are we you know like you know just how are we thinking about recess and gym class and things like that and and encouraging people to be active but also encouraging people to and giving giving everybody you know access to quality foods and and the importance of quality foods and things like that Absolutely. Well, I know one area that we're going to talk about is vitamin D today. And I had a great conversation with uh, Dr. Stasha Gomenak about that um, probably about two, three years ago now. Um, but that's another kind of fallacy, I think, that we've really had rammed down our throats is to fear the sun, you know, to, to cover up, to lather yourself in, in lotion every time you leave your front door. And I think that's been magnified, obviously, with some of these forced lockdowns where people physically weren't allowed to leave their house for, you know, for any more than an hour or two to exercise. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm an Englishman, a very pasty Englishman who, you know, has lifeguarded a lot of my, my time and, you know, really enjoy living in the Florida sun now. And I've always kind of looked back at that and gone, I, I understand don't get burned. That's your skin, that's your body saying, hey, this is too much. But this fear of the sun to me seemed to negate the natural you know, environment that we grew up in, like, you know, there's a long time we weren't even wearing clothes and then, you know, very minimal clothes as you look at us prehistorically. And now all of a sudden you're saying the sun's going to kill us the moment we walk out the front door. So what has been your observation of the kind of philosophy in, you know, this millennia on, on sunlight? And then, and then we can start exploring, um, you know, the, the, the downside of not getting good sun exposure. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no doubt, right? We, we've evolved a very different way than we live today. Um, and, right, we also evolved at, you know, different latitudes and in different geographies. And then ultimately we, we live today, um, as well. And, right, your, the color of, of the skin of, of, of human skins was determined based upon where you lived and your ability to, right, absorb UV rays to ultimately convert that into, vitamin D3 into the body. Um, and so it's, it's really interesting, right? I mean, uh, we as a society has evolved to be much healthier, much stronger, live longer, right? We can go anywhere we want within this world. And, but our bodies and our skin colors and how we, you know, like how we are, how we 
look and feel are shaped upon where we where we evolved over the course of you know thousands of years and 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 such so the the sun i mean obviously the sun plays incredibly important roles beyond the vitamin d but thinking about circadian rhythm and just overall you know overall health and wellness of the body um there and but there's there's also no question that you know sun exposure you know we're we're living into our you know 70s 80s 90s 100s and you know 100 years ago we weren't and definitely you know when we were running around with our shirts off we weren't either um and so right there's this there's this balance and how do we think about the sun in a good way but also how do we know like how do we just you know you know distill the myths and things like that and it's um yeah it's it's really fascinating the the more that our company has gotten into kind of the vitamin d space et cetera and and we've obviously launched a product which we'll get to in that space but um sun exposure vitamin d production and and how many how much information is around vitamin d even just me personally um i had no idea until we really dug into this yeah, well, there's obviously a lot of uh, lot of discussion finally now on the, on the holistic things that's come out is vitamin D and resilience to corona. So I think that's a very important conversation. Again, it factors being outside up a mountain by a beach, you know, whatever it is. But then there's another element where a lot of us just aren't able to get that, which is obviously going to transition us to to your product. But um. When I think of, I was talking to Miguel the other day and I, and I had an aha moment because he was saying you know, a lot of us don't get enough. Um, I am out in the sun a lot myself. It is Florida. So, the, you know, the intensity of the sunlight here. And again, I'm not out enough to get burned. It's, it's that middle ground sensibility, as you said. But it occurred to me in the fire service. In a fire, obviously, we're wearing full gear. There's no, you know, even our UV rays are coming straight through our mask and, you know, we'll, we'll all be kind of like sunburned after a good structure fire. But overall, day to day, we're wearing a uniform, you know, we're buttoned up. Um, and then we go run our calls, but then a lot of us go back to fire stations. And because of, you know, disruption of circadian rhythm, the shift work, a lot of these men and women, are tired and, and overstimulated. So there's a tendency to black out these fire stations, black out the windows, close the blinds. So actual natural exposure to light for a lot of my, you know, men and women, I would say is probably below par because they have that, you know, high intensity, but then they go spend a lot of time indoors. So aside from the fire service, what have you seen as far as the general population at the moment and, and, the level of exposure to daylight, sunlight, um, you know, are they getting enough in 2021 as a whole? Well, I, I think what's interesting here is, is, you know, when you look at it through different lenses of like, are we getting enough exposure to sunlight? The answer is no. Like we just, like, like I work in an office. Like I don't get enough sun exposure. I just don't like for, for how, how we, how we would. And, you know, if you're getting sun exposure through a window, it's not the same as, you know, direct sun exposure, et cetera. Um, so I, I think one of the interesting stats that I learned, um, in this process is that, and, and this blows me, blows, blows my mind all the time is that 70% of Americans are low in vitamin D, which means they have, they're either classified clinically as deficient, which is about 35%, or they are insufficient, um, in vitamin D, which aka low, low in vitamin D. So 70% of the entire American population um, is vitamin D deficient, which is a big, big number. Um, when, when you're thinking about the, the broad, 
broad spectrum of things. But the other misconception is, right, if you live above, you know, essentially, you know, Los Angeles County and, you know, Savannah, Georgia, right, in the winter months, you can't get enough exposure or you can't, like, no matter how much you're out in the sun, because of the angle of the sun, your body cannot generate enough vitamin D to keep you at adequate levels either. Um, which is really, really interesting, um, on, on multiple fronts. And that's just kind of a misconception. But I think the biggest thing that I learned, and I was guilty of this, I mean, how we kind of got into this, this market was call it three years ago. I was down in, in Tampa, um, with a meeting with the U.S. military. And one of the questions they asked was, you know, could you guys create a vitamin D solution that avoided the GI system that, you know, as you know, James, like our, our, core technology was around deliver is around delivering nutrients through the skin and the body. And we've got one really innovative product on market. But the question was, could you do vitamin D? And my initial reaction was like, who cares? Um, right. Because I was ignorant and, and they're like, Whoa, no, like, you know, 60 plus percent of, you know, operators are vitamin D deficient. You know, when you think about it, we operate at night, we operate in, you know, um, all of our support staff operate in windowless rooms and you, you're kind of going into it and you're saying, oh, and then, oh, we're covered up. You're like, okay. And then they're like, yeah, but vitamin D is not about stress fractures and bone health, which everybody thinks it is. Like the general population is like, oh, vitamin D, like if I, you know, like it's for your good bones. And the answer is vitamin D has a huge role in so many critical functions within our body, cognitive, cognitive sleep, muscle function. Um, you know, uh, mental, mental health and, and things like that, that, um, it's, it's really not a vitamin. It's much more of a hormone and how it reacts. And if you look at the structure of it, et cetera, um, it just plays such an important role and there's vitamin D receptors all over the body. And, you know, some people say it, 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 it contributes to over 300 bodily functions or that plays a role in it. Um, and so this whole idea that, that vitamin D is for bone health is a huge misconception within, um, within the general population and, and a lot of our vitamin D recommendations were, were designed around bone health rather than what is the optimal level for us to function as human beings for sleep, et cetera. Um, so I came out of that meeting like, holy cow, um, vitamin D plays a really important role where obviously my flight home, you know, Googling vitamin D and starting to read literature on it and, and really its role. And then we started talking to pro sports teams. And they started asking the same exact question was, oh, you know, vitamin D would be really interesting. We have a hard time with compliance with oral vitamin D. We have a ton of players that are low. But, right, you put sunscreen on, right? If you're a tennis player, for example, and you live in Southern California and you put sunscreen on every time you go out and play tennis, you know, call it 35, you know, SPF blocks 95% of, of the UVB rays that create um, vitamin D in your body. So you're not going to be able to get enough vitamin D. And so it's, it's one of these things that we need to protect our, our body against skin, ex, skin exposure or sun exposure. Um, but also it's a surface area game of us. Like, you know, maybe if you're at your beach, at the beach, you have your shirt off. But like, for me, like if I go outside this time of year, like, you know, I've got like my cheeks showing in, in Utah, uh, because I got a hat on, I got, or I got a ski helmet on goggles like long sleeves. And so I'm just not getting adequate sun exposure because it's all about surface area to convert it as well. Um, anyway, so to your question, um, are we getting enough sun exposure? The answer is no. 
and even if we were getting enough sun exposure, is that adequate for vitamin D production within the body? And the answer is no, based upon based upon the numbers and stats that are out there on the low vitamin D levels in the U.S. Yeah, well, even, I mean, you talked about being covered up. Well, add a mask now as well. I know we're talking about a very small amount of surface area, but you've got the the philosophy being driven into us, don't leave your house. And then you've got, you know, gloves on a lot of people now, masks on a lot of people. Um, and you mentioned the windowless, windowless rooms. You got to think about doctors and nurses and correctional staff and correctional inmates. I mean, there's such a huge population that really doesn't see anywhere close to the amount of daylight that they should. Yeah. I mean, you just, I, I think about myself, like I have great windows and things like that, but they don't face the sun in the winter, A, but also doesn't matter. But right. I'm in the office, it's pitch black and I leave and it's black, right? Like, um, you know, I see the sun on the weekends outside and that's about it. Um, and that's super normal, right? And we're, you know, Utah is not that far north. We're call it, you know, maybe right in the middle, in the, you know, middle third of the country in terms of, of where, where we sit from a latitude perspective. Um, anyway. Yeah, no, it's interesting. So just before we get into, I want to really explore what vitamin D does, because as, as you mentioned, sleep, mental health, you know, growth and repair, these are all very, very important areas for the first responder and, and the military communities. So, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. Historically, okay, you're Bob the, the caveman you know, and you're living uh, further north, you know, and you're wearing all these animal furs in the winter. Traditionally, evolutionary, how are we getting the vitamin D back then? And what's different with modern society? I would say that, right, as you go back to the caveman time, the issue is we weren't, right? Like um, during the winter months, but during the summer months, right, vitamin D stores in your body, you pick it up and you're able to, right? Uh, what, what we see now and what we know is like summer months, vitamin D increases for the general population. During the winter months, it decreases. So it goes on this wave. Um, and it's just one of those things that, um, that we played, like who knows how it affected them. But what we know is, you know, vitamin D consistency throughout, um, throughout the year is super important. Um, and so how did they get vitamin D? Um, the caveman, the answer is didn't. It's extremely hard to get vitamin D from your diet. Um, like really, really hard. There's very few things, um, that have vitamin D in it that we consume as humans. And even from that matter, they're very, very low in vitamin D. Uh, the interesting thing, you know, here is we fortified whole milk, we fortified cereals um, with vitamin D. Uh, to, to, I mean, and the government did that to prevent rickets, um, you know, and well, however many years ago that was, but a long time ago, we started fortifying, fortifying foods with vitamin D for that purpose. Um, because the low vitamin D levels were creating right rickets and we linked vitamin D to rickets. Um. Yeah. Well, it's interesting as well when we talked earlier about the, uh, you know, what we were raised as what was right. I know one of the big kind of aha moments for me was um, the, uh, the calcium comes from milk element. Now, I'm not saying fresh from the teat, you know, with all the healthy bacteria and everything. I'm talking about what we end up with on our shelves, which sadly is, you know, milk-like product with it's been pasteurized and the cows full of hormones and antibiotics. Um, so you you ingest that for your calcium. Well, you'd think that being a large uh, milk consumer that we would have the least population, I mean, the, the lowest incident of um, 
any sort of, you know, fractures or osteoporosis, but it's, it's the absolute opposite. So, you know, the reality is impact improves bone density and calcium is definitely an element of that, but there are much higher levels in, in leafy greens and, and, you know, foods like that that are much better because when we're, when we're ingesting our version of milk these days, it's actually being rejected by most people creating, you know, inflammation response and actually reducing our ability to, to thrive. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think you're you're exactly right, James. Like, and that, that, that's that's it, right? Of how are we consuming it? But right to be able to absorb vitamin D, you need, or be able to absorb calcium in the bones, you need vitamin D, um, and, and all those things. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's and there's just a better way. But we also know that just throwing things down into into our GI system doesn't work as well, and like everything's interrelated. So. If you take vitamin D and you, you know, you're taking a vitamin D supplement with, with your coffee, right? Like it's really un- ineffective. Vitamin D needs to be taken with fat because it's fat soluble. It helps it absorb throughout the GI tract. And so if you're not taking it with a fatty meal, um, you're not having the same benefit, um, as you would if you were taking it with a fatty meal and, um, you know, or if like, you know, why is whole milk so good at, with vitamin D? Cause whole milk has a, a, ton of fat in it so it helps vitamin D absorb that they've fortified with it like there's all these downstream trickle effects of you know okay cool I'm drinking my milk I'm getting my calcium but what else do you need to absorb calcium what else do you need in your GI system and like is it the best way to get calcium and are you know are the other receptors open and, and things like that so you're you're exactly right as we learn we have to better adapt etc yeah. All right. Well, then, so unpacking what vitamin D actually does for us, and then obviously we'll get into the best way to get it with uh, with Amp Human. Um, obviously, you connected us with Robert Sweetman. He was a, another wealth of information on sleep medicine. Um, so thank you for that. So vitamin D's role in sleep. Let's start with that. Yeah. So um, basically, vitamin D receptors um are found in the areas of the brain that control sleep and sleep duration and quality, right? There's countless studies that have, <laughs> excuse me, linked uh, vitamin D supplementation, improved sleep quality, reduced sleep latency, and, and really increased sleep, uh, sleep duration. So um, obviously really, really critical in sleep. There's, there's so many things out there and uh, like there's some really incredible research studies out there showing this link, but we also, just know that, right, the receptors of vitamin D are found in these really critical places in the brain that help control that sleep duration and, and sleep quality. Um, and, and ultimately, right, um, I, I, vitamin D is such a unique thing because I feel like it has so many cascading um, implications, right? Yeah, vitamin D affects sleep. What if you sleep like, like, like but sleep affects a hundred other things, right, in, in this mix of things. So, um, it has all these cascading effects. If you can get better sleep, you can do these other things. So sleep, sleep quality is really, really fascinating, um, in this. And, and, you know, nobody talks about vitamin D and sleep quality early, you know, nobody was until I started finding it and reading it and talking to the experts in, in, in vitamin D, then, or, or even in sleep that people start bringing up vitamin D over and over again. Yeah. Well, and again, you have that compounding effect with, with, uh, you know, my profession where you not only have sleep disruption through the shift work, 
But then you have a lack of sunlight exposure on top of that. So you get a sleep-deprived population, and then they also don't get enough vitamin D as well. So you get this kind of domino effect that compounds, and our profession has horrendous you know, health as, as you start looking into the... You know, the depth of uh, a career of service. So, I mean, there's no question in my mind that these are absolutely related. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, you know, really the next, the next big thing around vitamin D is, and it's in the, it's in the news every day, is around immune health, um, which, you know, se- seems normal and, and like, right, the tie all seems normal of like, okay, why is the seasonal flu the seasonal flu? And, you know, what things are related to it. And part of it is like sunlight, but basically, right. Vitamin D has shown, right. It, it, it specifically plays the role in respiratory illnesses like the flu. Um, right. It's shown to support the production of antibodies, right. In defensive cells, lining the throat and lungs as well. Um, and you know, everybody's listening, just Google vitamin D and immune health and vitamin D and COVID. And there's so many links to the severity of, the of the coronavirus and and all of these things that have related to, to vitamin D even even so much that um, you know countries like like the UK are are finding a way to how do we get vitamin D into the hands of the most vulnerable vulnerable to make sure that their vitamin D levels are adequate um, and so right it's, this isn't something that doesn't prevent COVID vitamin D like there's a really interesting tie to the two and there's tons of more research that needs to be done on vitamin D and COVID. Um, but like they are like, there's ongoing clinical work going on around it. And it's, you know, it's one of those things like vitamin D is pretty easy. Like why wouldn't you do something that's easy to help combat or potentially help combat, um, you know, the coronavirus. Yeah. Well, with, with that, something I've just, you know, been talking about very, very recently, it just popped in my head is I wish that alongside sensible isolation, all these things that we've seen, the, the discussions have already been out there. I wish the 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 conversation hadn't been we're going to hide from this virus because I mean the reality is whether people like it said that that or not, that's the philosophy: stay in your house and hide. From, you know the virus won't get you. You know I wish the conversation had been a year ago. Assume that you are going to get the virus. Therefore, now you're pushing people to think about what they eat, think about their movement, think about the sunlight exposure, their sleep quality, their supplementation, because if we're all going to get it, I just saw uh, Thor, um, you know, the world's strongest man just got it. You know, there's, and there's a gentleman in my community who's wheelchair bound. So even outside, he's worn a, a mask the whole time. I know he stays away from people. I know he's very careful. And he, you know, he told me he had it. So to me, if if you start thinking about I'm gonna get it, I want to have as as mild a response to this virus as I can. That reframes the whole conversation, the whole philosophy, and you start thinking about actionable tasks. You're now empowered to do something versus stay in your house, wear a mask, and shut up. It takes all the control away from the individual. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and you know, regardless, right? We we as a society should be talking about preventative medicine um, and pre- like right health and wellness because of the downstream effects, not just coronavirus, but everything. Um, you know, when we think about how do we lower, you know, the, the risk of heart illness and, and uh, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's and things like that. And it's, there are lots of pretty simple nutritional and healthy lifestyle habits that have 
really large impacts on those things um, down the road. Um, and that like not about vitamin D, but just in general, right? So yeah, well, exactly. I know some some conversations I've had. Actually, one was with with Miguel, and I actually had the same conversation with my dad, which is. Um, respiratory trainers improving the actual breathing muscles and technique of individuals therefore making them more likely to be able to breathe and you know get through uh, about with corona as we're talking about you know the vitamin d supplementation i mean there there are things i mean imagine imagine someone's intubated and you're actually giving them vitamin d transdermally the whole time you're improving their immune system whilst they're unconscious i mean there's all these different things that we can do that you know the turning off all the machines and things at night so these patients are able to sleep properly you know and improve their immunity that way there are so many holistic things that we could be talking about over and above vaccinations and isolation yeah 100 percent. i mean and but those things are also like those things also help but it's not an like clearly it's not enough right because we are going to get this virus like you know the likelihood of the vaccine rollout happening throughout, you know, like by the end of the year, probably pretty low. Um, and, you know, who knows with these different variants and things like that. But also, like, the seasonal flu comes back every year. Does Do we have seasonal COVID, right? Like, you know, do we get vaccinated every year for COVID? Like, so we got to be thinking about more longer term, in my opinion, uh, more longer term solutions, right, to say, okay, well, we ha- now have another, you know, another coronavirus which the seasonal flu is is a variant like uh, i how do we continue to think about the lifestyle choices that we make and and do all the do the things that are the easiest um to help strengthen our immune systems and and such yeah no i agree 100 percent. and all you're doing then is improving the health of the population therefore lowering the deaths from all the other things that are killing people too yeah Right. Well, then, so we we touched on it slightly, but talk about vitamin D and uh, growth and repair then. Yeah, uh, vitamin D plays just a role in reducing oxidative stress, um, which is super important when you're thinking about, you know, muscle function and, and things like that. And, you know, I think more importantly, of we think about the role of vitamin D, you know, in preventative care for athletes and, and humans, right, when when right, we're thinking about bone and muscle health, right? It, it, vitamin D helps calcium get absorbed in the gut, right? Which is so important for bone growth and strength, um, for that matter as well. So it's really this, this impact, um, that vitamin D can have on preventative, but also this limiting this oxidative stress, which is also related to brain health, right? Um, and, you know, reducing oxidative stress really appears to improve cognitive function. Um, that, that has been shown in clinical trials, right? And, and that helps maintain some of those core hormones that support our mood and, and, and things like that. So, um, it's around oxidative stress, but also, right? How do we, how do we absorb the right things that we need? Uh, calcium being one of them that's really important for muscle and bone function and health. Yeah, well, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the brain health as well. It's funny. I've got Brian health. I misspelled it on my notes here. So I'm not talking about the health of a gentleman named Brian. It's supposed to be brain. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that's a, that's an area that is, um, you know, a, a huge, huge uh, topic 
when it comes to first responders and military. So you have the sleep deprivation. And again, you know, there's, a, there's a huge amount of damage with that. You have the TBI, especially in the military and law enforcement. There's a huge amount of damage from that. So every holistic tool that we have, we need to apply, not just for repair of the brain, but also, as you mentioned, hormonal balance, which sleep deprivation destroys the sex hormones and therefore there's a there's a cascade of ill health from that and you ask any any first responder so let's take male because they're normally more cognizant of it about their t levels they're usually so much lower than than you know someone of tactical health should be so you know that brain health element i think is extremely important yeah exactly i mean (laughs) when you when we think about you know, seasonal depression and things like that. And, you know, we're still learning so much, but there's so many things linked to, right, access to the sun. And, you know, is it the actual the light or is it UVB rays converting into vitamin D? Don't, you know, we're still, um, we're still learning about all of those things. Absolutely. Well, with that then, so transitioning now to, you know, groups that are trusting you and your product with their health and performance, Talk about the application in the tactical space. Yeah, uh, you know, so so thinking thinking more broadly, right? Of, of vitamin D, and seventy percent of the population is vitamin D deficient, and and if you live above the thirty fifth parallel in the winter, like you just don't get enough vitamin D from the sun, it's impossible. Um, you know, the, the the issue is there there are really a, like taking a vitamin D pill is is relatively effective um, in the grand scheme of things, right? Like there, there's an easy solution. It's out there. Um, I don't know if I'd call it easy. There's a solution that's out there that's been out there for a long time. The, I think the, the broader thing is with 70% of the American population low in vitamin D, the solution isn't working, right? And there's problems to that solution of like, it's another pill. There's huge pill fatigue in our, in our society, et cetera. But also vitamin D is not one of those things that's like, well, I'm just going to take it and be done with it. It's, I'm going to take it and I'm going to consistently take it. Um, and most likely, you know, you know, for the rest of your life is one of those things that if, you know, unless you, you know, you're a lifeguard uh, in, you know, South Florida, um, you're probably, you know, for your whole life, you're probably going to need, and you're probably going to need to think about supplementation of vitamin D and how does that look, et cetera. Um, and so that was, you know, the question that we had, can we create a different, uh, a, a different delivery system, a different way to give vitamin D. And right, our first product was based upon delivery of sodium bicarbonate through the skin. And, and the question, like I said before, was can we deliver vitamin D in a different way through the skin as well using, um, using kind of the same knowledge base that we had. Um, and that started us on this path, you know, two and a half, three years ago. Of can we create a vitamin D solution that's ultra convenient, really easy to use? that avoids the, the GI system and some of the limiting factors of the GI system just in terms of timing, what else is in the system, but also just the convenience uh, that, you know, taking another pill um, and the pill fatigue that's out there to say, can we get a better one? Because when we talk to athletic trainers and things like that, you know, that give vitamin D, they're like, oh yeah, we just find the vitamin D pills on the ground. People don't take them. They forget to take them. And the same thing's happening in, in the military, right? Of uh, of like, okay, pill fatigue, is there another pill that consistency of taking it? Is there an easier way to do this? Um, and that's where our, our product that we just launched uh, in early January came was D+. We ended up acquiring a, a product that has two clinical trials behind it that shows um, that uh, that about a, a 
know, a pea-sized amount of a gel-based lotion triples your vitamin D levels over the course of three to four months, which is um, very consistent with what uh, oral vitamin D does as well, but really easy to use, use any time of day, you know, put it on your forearms. It is gel-based. It, it's a pleasant experience. And I think the biggest thing that we had, we kind of had a pilot going for the last three months of 2020, was people would just couldn't believe how easy and convenient it was to use. And that was really what we were going for. Can we find a better solution or an alternative solution to what's on market um, that gives people a, a chance to, you know, supplement their vitamin D level? Um, and so that our product is called D plus lotion. Um, it, you know, yeah, we're really, we're really excited about it. And obviously with 70% of the population, vitamin D, uh, low in vitamin D, we feel like we have a huge opportunity to disrupt a known market um, and create and, and have a really valuable solution for people um, out there. And so, you know, when we think about, you know, the tactical athlete, whether that be, you know, military or first responders, um, vitamin D is, is, is absolutely critical in what you do and the likelihood, right, of those people, like we mentioned before, is of them seeing the sun um, is actually much lower than you would actually think. You know, you even think about, you know, you think about the Marines and Camp Pendleton. Yeah, like they're out running around in the sun all day, but right, they, they've got long sleeves on, they got a hat on their head, um, and they just like, you know, the sun exposure, just not what you think um, in that. And, and that kind of goes across the board, but, but like, like, hey, blacking out, you know, the windows or, you know, do you work, you know, what's the shift that you work um, within the first responder? And if, you know, are you working, you know, the night shift for three months and, you know, you see the sun at, you know, from 7 to 10 a.m. and then you go to sleep and you see the sun at 5 p.m. when you're waking up and, um, like, what does that do? And and you definitely aren't getting the adequate amounts of vitamin D. So, what, what, yeah, we're really excited to to expand this and continue to bring this to market, but we're excited about the impact that it has on, you know, that tactical athlete, the first responder, et cetera. And it really came, you know, stemmed out of a question that we, we had early on with, within the DOD around vitamin D deficiency and, and inadequacy being a big issue within that, within that population and looking for an alternative solution. Yeah. And you said about ease as well. What I found, because you guys were kind enough to, to send me some and thank you for that. Um, is I'm, I, I have the skin of a lizard. I've always had really dry skin. Even right now, my thumb is cracked open. Um, so, you know, lotion is a very, it's a, it's a, uh, innate part of my routine. You know, after I shower, I, I put lotion on. So just having that, whether it's part of your morning routine, you know, whatever it is, it's so easy just to, you know, Put a little bit on your skin and rub it in, and that's it. You're done. Versus, like you said, ingesting a pill with whatever you should have it with. There's a lot. Obviously, you can't have an empty stomach; they'll make you ill. Um, you know, having water around to to swallow. I mean, these sound silly little things, but it's just easy to put it off. And the next thing, you haven't taken it that day. So, and then with with the the common knowledge that vitamin D is absorbed through the skin. It's not like you're trying to, you know, you're making a protein cream, <laughs> you know, that's probably going to have to go through the GI system. However, um, you know, with vitamin D, you're actually putting it on the surface that creates vitamin D. So that makes a lot more sense as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To your last point, um, that seems logical, uh, I, I guess. 
but you know that but that you're exactly right that's how we naturally get vitamin d right like uvb like um is converted within our skin to vitamin d vitamin d then vitamin d3 is then gone into the blood which is then converted within the body to you know 25 ohd and um right like that's how it all goes so we're we're um vitamin d is not meant to go through first pass metabolism so we're avoiding first pass metabolism by by you're exactly right leveraging the skin and um in in that way Beautiful. Well, transition to the other product that we talked about a while ago. Have there been any any new evolutions with the PR lotion, the sodium bicarb? Yeah, bicarb, uh, sodium bicarb, or PR lotion. Excuse me. Continues to continues to move along. We continue to get traction. We you know we've won uh, or we've been awarded a, a great contract with uh, through you know the Air Force SBI pro, SBIR program um, and you know doing some really great research out of the University of Connecticut on that on that product and specifically how it relates to, you know, um some some issues within the in the fighter jet pilots and pilots in general and, and air crew, um, which we're excited around looking at that. Um but yeah that that product continues to move nicely. Um we continue to get traction, we're continuing to do research on it and and learn. I think that's really important over the next, you know, four or five months, we, we do have you know, two or three big clinical trials that we should have data that have come out, come out of, um, and really excited to, you know, to continue to incorporate that into our learning, our recommendations, um, our best use cases and things like that. Beautiful. Now, um, oh, I had a, I had a lemon question in my head and it just fell out right when you finished talking. Um, what was I going to ask? Oh, that's right. So when we spoke last time, the PR lotion was your main one. The vitamin D product was about to come out. Um, is there anything else on the horizon? Do you have a third one? Or are you focusing purely on the D plus at the moment? Yeah. So our, our, our product strategy and kind of, I would say, you know, to back up, we, we at Amp Human are really focused on creating the human performance company and the human performance brand um, around that. And not just a transdermal company or a lotion company. We're really focused on delivering um, solutions to our core consumer, which is the athlete that are that are meaningful and relevant and impactful um, for them. And so we're really focused on uh, on three kind of core pillars of how we think about human performance and are creating a system around these three core pillars, which is perform, adapt, evolve. And perform is really that moment of sweat, that moment of go, um, whether that's competition or training. Um, and so everything you're doing to maximize that given training day, um, you know, PR lotion falls specifically within there, right? How am I buffering, buffering acid to push back fatigue to have a better day today, um, is really, really important. Let's adapt to this 24 hour of the, uh, 24 hour routine, right? What are you doing? You know, post workout massage, recovery shape. How are you thinking about sleep and, uh, and, and those types of stimulus and things like that. And then third is this evolve category, which, um, which is really around athlete health, cognitive performance, gut health, things like things that are right. This more of a, right, the wellness is a, is a bad word, but like, how are we optimizing our body? Like taking vitamin D one day a month doesn't do anything. Right. But how are we thinking about our lifestyles over the course of a year, right. To really evolve and move beyond. Like, how are we, preventing injuries and, and things like that. Um, so we have this three core pillar system perform adaptive evolve that 
were were bringing and bringing to light, and now we'll bring products underneath all of those. And so our product strategy is also very much focused on, you know, we have these great hero products, which PR Lotion and D Plus Lotion are like they're massively innovative, they're disruptive, they're creators, um, et cetera. But then what's the next level down below that? How do we continue to serve our customer with products that we know they need? And we're thinking, you know, how do we bring sports nutrition, um, hydration and things like that and not, not recreate the real wheel, but we know who our core customer is. How do we continue to serve them with, with great knowledge? We, we use our best in class scientific advisory board to bring products to market that are relevant to them that might not be revolutionary, but they have great knowledge and great science behind them and literature and say, Hey, here's another solution for hydration or recovery in the sports nutrition space that we're really passionate about as well. And it's not right. That's not about, you know, James, it's not about reinventing the wheel. Like I said, it's about how are we giving relevant solutions to our core customer and continuing to build Amp Human as a, human performance brand, not as a topical or a transdermal company. Brilliant. All right. Well, for people listening, I'm sure they're intrigued, especially with the, the D plus at the moment in the current environment. So where can people learn more and where they, where can they actually buy? Yeah. Uh, amp, amp, human.com is our website. Um, check us out. You also probably can just Google D plus lotion or PR lotion um, and find those things as well. Perfect. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you the same questions to close that I did last time. So I'm assuming this is probably in the last eight months or so, if you've got any, any new answers. Um, so the first question is, is there a book that you love to recommend? In the last eight months. It doesn't have no. to be. If it's, if it's got to go further back, it's not, a, it's not going to be the end of the world if it's the same book. <laughs> Well, I'll go and say there's a, a book series that I've really got into, and it has nothing to do with human performance, but more of a leisure. Um, I uh, it's by Craig uh, Craig Allenson. It's called Ex- Expeditionary Force. It's a sci-fi sci-fi series that's really pretty awesome. That I've started listening to books on the books on tape as well as as well as trying to read occasionally. But um, that would be. That would be my book series that I've gotten into, I would say, over the last 8 to 12 months. Brilliant. All right. Then what about a movie and or documentary? Oh, man. I feel like I haven't seen any new movies in a long time because, because I haven't. Um, I watched uh, the, the Michael Jordan um, series, the documentary, uh, God, what's it called? Um, I know the ex- anyway, I know the exact it, one you've seen. I've seen it, and I'm blanking on the name yeah, as well. It was epic. Um, like just the insights into to Michael and and how he operated, what his thought thought process was, like how he like like his teammates, and I just was it was absolutely incredible. I grew up a Bulls fan and a you know Michael Jordan Homer, and you know one of the guys that one of the athletes that I looked up to the most growing up was him um, or the most. And like, you know, be like Mike, that's my generation. Um, and just kind of behind the scenes of, of his career and the decisions and uh, you know, how much of a competitor he was, it just um, was so incredible. And, and, you know, it, uh, as a, as an athlete too, it's just like, and he, he as a teammate would have been just an incredible person around uh, because he just uplifted everybody 
Yeah, the the last dance. I just googled it. Last dance. Oh my gosh. Yep, that's it. Excellent. All right. Well, the next question: Is there a person that you recommend to come on this podcast as a guest to speak to the first responders, military, and associated professions of the world? That's a great. Uh, that's a really great question. Um, I think there are, you know, there are some some great people out there. I'm just thinking kind of of our scientific advisory board. Um, uh, Perry Lundstrom is, you know, the director of high performance for Red Bull um, here in North America, and really, really fascinating, and does, you know, does some really unique high performance work with Red Bull athletes, which are, you know, work in extreme environments, and he would be a fascinating person um, to to be on, or uh, or Brett Kirby of Nike, um, who. Um, helped run the Breaking Two project and is one of the lead scientists there, um, but also, you know, kind of a fascinating individual um, that that I could think of that would both be great to join. Fantastic. Yeah, both sound incredible. Thank you. All right. Well, then the last question before we just reiterate where people can find you, what do you do to decompress? Oh, man. Um, I play with my kids. Uh, really, where I work out. Um I think I'm, I'm one of those people who, you know, if I don't sweat four or five times a, or don't exercise four or five times a week, like I'm like, I start to lose my mind. Uh, but I, it really is like my decompressing is I go home and I play with my kids. I read the books, um, help get them to sleep. Like it's, it's an incredible routine that I, that I love and, and cherish very, very much. Um, and then just exercise. Brilliant. All right. Well, for people listening, if they want to reach out to you, um, we've got obviously amphuman.com. Are there any other um, outlets on social media? Uh, we're at amphuman um, on all of our social media things. So check us out. Brilliant. All right. Well, Jeff, thank you so much. It's been a great conversation, some very actionable advice, and I think very important at the moment. People feel like they can actually, you know, take some of the, the reins on, on their health during this strange time that we're in. So I appreciate you once again coming on and sharing your knowledge. No, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's always a pleasure and, and hope to see you in the mountains here soon.